I like to think of the book almost as a choose your own adventure because it yeah. really is about you being the architect and building the perfect morning for you. And that is going to look so different for each person. And that is so awesome. Hey everyone, I'm Maria Sansone and welcome to another edition of Mom to Mom, the podcast. I'm very excited about today's conversation because we're talking about mornings. Now, if you know me, this may come as a surprise, but I am not a morning person, even though I played one on TV for many, many years and my alarm was set for 3.30 a.m. I reluctantly got out of bed every single day. And to this day, I still have such a hard time doing that. But I desperately, like so many of you, want my mornings back. And as a parent and as a mom, I'm always looking for little windows for myself, for that oh so important self-care and all of those things. So I'm trying to develop a new morning ritual and my guest today is going to be so helpful in that. Today I'm talking to Liz Plosser. She is the editor-in-chief at Women's Health Magazine. She is a mom of three. She is a morning person but wasn't always and most importantly for today's conversation she's the author of a brand new book called Own Your Morning and in our conversation she offers so many tips on how we can own our mornings and get our mornings back and set our days up for success. A few of those things, choosing our outfit the night before. How choosing our outfit the night before can actually give us days back on our life. Can you believe that? She's going to tell us why she gets up at the very obscure 5.17 a.m. We'll talk about why science tells us that the snooze button is not our friend at all. And even if you're not a morning person, because she wasn't always, she's got tips on how we can become morning people. Can you believe it? So here is my awesome conversation with Liz Plosser. Liz, how are you? I am good. Thank you. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm actually so excited for this conversation. So first of all, congratulations on the book. It must feel amazing to have this baby in everybody's hands now. Yes. Thank you so much. It's been a whirlwind week, super exciting. And every time somebody texts me or posts about it on Instagram, my heart like takes a happy little leap. So it's been, it's been a dream. This is like your victory tour, right? I saw you on the Today Show. You're doing the circuit. You get to talk about the book. It's very exciting. It is. It's so fun. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be here today and talking to you about it. Well, I have been wanting to explore the topic of the morning routine for quite a while now. I've been very intrigued by books like The 4 a.m. Club and The Miracle Morning. And so when I saw your book, I got very excited. There are a lot of people who seem to be very fascinated by the morning rituals of successful people. Why is this? You are so right. And I, I can tell you this from experience because Own Your Morning began as a column in Women's Health where I'm the editor-in-chief. So we started this column about three years ago where we picked a different woman every month, women from all different professions, you know, actors, scientists, astronauts, athletes, the more varied, the better. Mm -hmm. And they took us through their morning, starting with what time they wake up, what's the first thing they eat or drink, et cetera. And it is, our readers just can't get enough of it. They love it there. I think there's something voyeuristic about hearing what other people's rituals and routines are. Even if you don't want to 
adapt their actions or the things they do into your own life, there's something inspiring about it and just interesting to like take that very intimate look inside somebody's first waking hours of the day. And I think common denominators among very high level people and successful people. And I think one of those things does happen to be the morning. So I think that's why we're intrigued by it. Absolutely. I mean, this book is very much in the spirit of women's health, all science backed and expert based. And it was really fun for me doing the research. One study that comes to mind when you said that is one about momentum. And when you accomplish something and it could be in anything in your life, but certainly applies to the morning that gives you more momentum for the next thing you do. And it's like the snowball effect. So if you can start your day right, then everything that you are going to do for the entire, you know, next 12 or however many hours you're up is going to be better because of it. So let's back this up a little bit. When did you start owning your morning? Was it before (laughs) you wrote the article or when you started exploring that? And so when was it and what does this even look like? I was not always a morning person. And I am, I, I love admitting that because Everybody knows me as a morning person. I most definitely am today. I get up at 517 and we can, we can get into that in a minute. Very specific. Very specific. Yes. There's, there's some uh, method to that madness. But when I was a kid growing up, I could not unglue myself from the pillow. I hated it when I had early basketball practice or soccer practice, or my dad would like yank me out of bed, trying to get me to go jogging with him on a weekend. He literally had to bribe me being like, Liz, we will stop for a latte at the end. It's going to be great. So um, I was the same way. I have to say this. My dad, he would come in, he would turn all the lights on. He would take (laughs) my covers off. And sometimes he would physically have to lift me out of the bed. Who would have ever thought that I would be hosting morning TV shows and getting up at 3.30 in the morning with no problem? So I guess it it can be something that we learn over time. Yes. And that that's the key. First of all, the book does not demand that you wake up at 3 a.m. or 5 a.m. like I do or whatever. You know, you don't have to wake up at a the crack of dawn. I do think and have heard a lot of people aspire to be early birds and would like to get up a little earlier Mm -hmm. in the day. So there's plenty of tips about that. But the book is very much about having a productive, happy, healthy morning that fills you up. And if that means you don't wake up until eight or nine, that's cool. That's, that's beautiful. I love that everybody has a different approach. However, for those of us who do not consider themselves early birds and have had to become one because of our work, that's really what happened to me. I graduated from college. I entered the working world and suddenly it was like, if I don't do my workout before work, it might, it might not happen. Like who knows what deadline is going to be thrown my way or, you know, all sorts of things, twists and turns that come up over the course of any day. So I learned at about age 22 you know, my first job after college that mornings were like a magical time to fill Liz up. And that when I did the things that made me feel really good, I showed up so much better for everything else that happened in the rest of my life. You know, sometimes it's circumstances and it's also interesting. There's research about how we, we each have a different chronotype. So if you feel like you're more of a night owl and you like to stay up late, or you're the type of person where you have some big project and you haven't finished it, you like to stay up late rather than setting your alarm clock early to get up and do it. That that is absolutely true. That is, an, you know, just something that's part of our genetics. But the cool thing is that it does change over time. So just because you were one as a kid or in high school growing up, like you and I were, doesn't mean that you can't change or might just naturally the pendulum might swing the other direction. So there's hope for everyone. I think we all want to change. I mean, I know for I still have a hard time 
getting up. I still have a really hard time. It doesn't matter if it's 3.30 a.m. It doesn't matter if it's 8 a.m. When I open my eyes, my instinct is not to, okay, let's go get the day, Maria. I'm not that person. I'm not Cinderella like, <laughs> um, But I think everybody listening or watching, however you're taking this in, is going, yeah, I don't want to sleep in. I want to be that person that gets up and takes on the day. So what would be your tips to put one foot in front of the other and starting tomorrow, Mm-hmm. make a productive morning for ourselves. The first piece of advice I have is you, if you want to start tomorrow, you actually need to rewind a little bit and start tonight because it all begins the night before. As you said, we don't like wake up and stretch our arms and we're suddenly like a Disney cartoon princess who's like sparkles and birds fluttering by to greet, greet the morning with you though. That would be awesome. But no, you you do. You have to prepare the night before. So for starters, if you want to wake up earlier, chances are you probably need to go to bed a little bit earlier. Thing number two is you've got to get yourself set up for a great day. So let's say a workout is something that you aspire to do in the morning before everything else that comes next. That means tonight you need to think about what that workout is going to be. If you're going to go for a walk outside, please check your weather app. Like, is it, is it going to be chilly? Is it going to be really hot? We don't need excuses in the morning. I mean, I joke about this. I've been there because I love to work out in the morning. And if I don't put my clothes out the night before, you know, it's like pitch black and I'm, I'm like a raccoon in a trash can, like pawing through my various drawers, trying to find what I need to, to get out the door. It takes longer. You might not pull out the right pair of leggings appropriate for the weather, but most of all, that's an opportunity for your motivation to be squashed. No matter how badly you want to get up and have an awesome morning, that moment, that could be the time when you're like, you know what? Just forget it. This is, I'm going to like, I'm going to, I mean, the voices in my head in the morning that will talk me out of doing the things I want to do. They are very powerful, very powerful. Also at nighttime, I highly recommend that you think about what you want to wear the next day. So there was a survey recently that showed on average, we take 17 minutes in the morning to choose our outfit. I know. So that that's like a big chunk of time. And if you add that up over the course of a full year, that adds up to something like four days of your life (gasps) morning outfit. I know. So do it at night when your brain cells are already a little bit tired. You don't want to waste your, your morning neuron, you know, synapsy firepower on an outfit choice. Then do it at night. Um, Take that time, know what you're going to wear. And lastly, take a spin through your home. And if there are crumbs on the kitchen counter, if there are dishes in the sink, I know it is the last thing you want to do at night when you're ready to go to bed, but take the five minutes to wipe down the counter and put the dishes away because that tomorrow morning, it's not fun tonight. It's so much worse tomorrow morning. What I like about your plan when you talk about owning your morning is you really focus on the things that matter most. Like I said, I'm interested in a lot of these morning routines and some of the books I've read, they really lay out sort of a schedule for you. And in your book, you say it really depends on what your core values are. Can you explain that a little bit? I love that you noticed that. I I like to think of the book almost as a choose your own adventure because it really is about you being the architect and building the perfect morning for you. And that is going to look so different for each person. And that is so awesome. The first couple of chapters focus on core values. And essentially those are the things that matter most to you. Another definition is what you spend your time, money, energy, and ultimately your resources on. So you need to get really clear about where you want to spend your time, money, energy, resources. And I take you in the book through some exercises to help determine that. Um, There's some 
calendar exercises, some, some journaling exercises. So yes, you are going to put pen to paper, but it's the payoff is huge because when you finish these little quickie assignments, you're going to come away and know like, what are the non-negotiables, the things that fill you up in life. So for me personally, fitness is one of them. Family is one of them. Collaboration is another one. So I, I did this with a life coach expert who took me through the process and it was so illuminating. You know, a lot of it, it's not rocket science. Like those are the things that make me happy, but it's funny how we can lose sight of them in the chaos of the morning and just like going about our day-to-day life. Mm. But once you get laser focused on what those core values are, the next step is to make sure that you are taking actions every single morning that reflect those and bring them to life. And that is the key to filling yourself up so that you can show up and be amazing in every single other thing you do the rest of the day. I'm really curious. I want to go back to this because earlier you mentioned that you get up at 517 a.m. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what your morning looks like and why the obscure 517. <laughs> okay. So the story behind 517, seven Sounds like a random number, but it is a very important number in my life. I was born on April 7th. I grew up playing sports. Seven was always the number on the back of my sports jersey. It's like my thing. It's my lucky number. I see sevens everywhere. And I started setting my alarm to 517 just to have a seven be at the very tip top of my day. It's like just an injection of awesome Liz energy to start my day. Like why not kick off the day with that kind of energy? Yeah. It's like you're already doing it your way. You're already doing it your way. Do something that makes you happy. Pick your favorite number. The second piece of the seven is that I like setting my alarm to an odd number because I believe that it makes me less likely to press the snooze button. I think if I set it to 520 or 530, I it's like, I don't know, it's an even number. I got 10 more minutes, bam, press the button. Something, there's like a, a psychological urgency about the number okay. seven or any odd number. That so evil I button. encourage you to try it. Oh, we've got a very very complicated relationship, me and that snooze. Most people do. To be clear, I am not the Disney character we were talking about earlier. (laughs) Here we go. I also am like, oh my gosh. However, I have learned and learned in reporting this book and talking to researchers that the snooze button is sadly not our friend. It feels like you're giving yourself a little gift with that extra, whatever, 10, 15 minutes. But in fact, you are interrupting one of the most restorative parts of the sleep cycle, which is called REM sleep. And that's where you are right at the end, right when you're about to wake up in the morning. What would be better is if you were really honest about what time you have to wake up and to set your alarm for that time. That's like the sweet spot because you're going to get all that amazing productive REM sleep and not be interrupting it, you know, get them, get the most out of it. So avoid this, avoid this. That's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that can make you cranky then for the rest of the day. Okay. So now Liz is up. It's five seventeen. What happens next? Okay. I am making a beeline for my coffee pot. (laughs) Coffee comes up a lot in the book. (laughs) And, um, I, as a health editor, I can tell you there are all sorts of studies about yes, caffeine, no caffeine, it depends on the person. It really depends on the person. And I, I learned in reporting this book and reflecting on my own life and times when I haven't drank coffee, like when I was pregnant, for instance, that for me, it's actually, it's about the ritual. It's like hearing it brew, the smell wafting through my Brooklyn apartment, choosing a coffee mug that makes me happy, pouring it in, you know, feeling it, the warmth of the mug on my hands. And so whatever you're the 
the first thing you drink or eat is, as long as you're taking, taking inventory and like feeling and sensing what that ritual is like, then that's, that's great. So just talking about coffee did something to my endorphins just now. (laughs) It's just a happy place for me. Me too. Me too. So you do your happy thing and you mentioned fitness, obviously being a huge part of your life for the everyday person. How important is fitness in this new morning ritual that we're creating? It is important. And I am not suggesting that you need to go run five miles or swing kettlebells. As you'll see in the book, I am, I am a little bit hardcore. I have, I I just, I love to move, but it's not always like that for me. Sometimes it's just stretching on a yoga mat. Sometimes my morning movement is taking my puppy Willa for a walk. I go into this in the book, but the benefits of moving your body, it's, it's, honestly extraordinary how it changes your body chemistry, not just the health benefits of, you know, how your heart operates, how it's good for your lungs, your bone density, all of that stuff that we've heard about, but it also, it makes you clearer. It makes you calmer. It makes you more confident. These are things I say a lot, but they're scientifically proven. So whether it's a a little bit of exercise or um, you're getting after it training for a race or something like that, a little bit of sweat in the morning is a great thing. And honestly, I love it personally because I then bring that like superhero energy into everything else I do during the day. So I have gotten to the point where I can't imagine doing something like an interview with you unless I sweat and I feel like I am at my tip top 100% self. I love that. Now talk about connection a little bit because I know that's part of your morning. And for some people, they just want to be in their own little isolated world. But for you, you actually like reaching out to friends and things. And that's all part, like you said, about crafting what your core values are. And for you, it's that collabing and connecting. Yes. So when I went through my core value exercises, um, and I take you through this in the book, eventually you'll land on your own personal motto or mantra. And so mine is clear eyes, full heart. That is from Friday night lights. Yes. (laughs) But that is the full heart part is about connection. And so part of that is connecting with my family. I have three young children at home. I have boy, girl twins who are 10 and a little boy. Yes. (laughs) And I have family spread all across the country in the Midwest and West coast. So this is not like an hour long FaceTime with my mom, though. I know she would absolutely love that if I did that with her every morning, but it's like just sending a quick text with a, I love you. I'm thinking about you heart emoji. I'm not like, call me, call me, or like, you know, setting up now like 17 texts where we try to get on the phone together. It's, it's just a quick, like, I love you. And that feels good to me. And that recipient then absorbs that energy and passes it along to the next person with my kids. (laughs) It is chaotic as the school year is beginning, but I try to think of it as an opportunity to have a quick special moment with them. So that could just be like, you know, when I get back from the gym, after I've showered, they're very, very clear about me being sweaty and doing this, getting into bed and like spooning one of them, you know, and just having that quick hug and it's nothing crazy or long. It's just a quick little micro nod to something um, that's really important to me, which is connecting. So talk to me about goal setting. Thing I love about goal setting is that there's always a reason to do it. It could be that we're at the start of a new season, like we are right now. Um, It could be a new week you know, Monday, just around the corner, or it could just be that you want to have a better day tomorrow. But setting goals is scientifically proven to help you actually achieve the things that are just sort of like dreams swirling around in your brain. So that is definitely a big piece in the book and a really powerful tool. 
if you are trying to have a more productive, happier, healthier morning. It's like a dream is a wish and you write it down and it's an actual goal. It feels so much more tangible. So in the book, you talk to a lot of different successful people about their morning rituals. And in the beginning of this interview, we talked about how we're all so fascinated with that voyeuristic aspect of seeing what other people are doing. So is there anything that surprised you or that, you know, sort of you can share with us? This is one of my favorite parts about the book. I went to women who inspire me, who move me, and asked them as a favor, would you write an an essay for my book about what your morning looks like? And I called them morning magic. And so I have all sorts of luminaries in the health and wellness space. And in their own words, they describe um, a special moment or um, thing that is important or impactful to them in their morning. And uh, to your point about the voyeurism, what's so beautiful is everybody's mornings look so different. Mm-hmm. Everybody, each one of us does it a little differently. For some yeah. people, it's about connecting with your kids. For some people, it's very much about meditation or journaling. And so you get these women's perspective and they're just beautiful words. And um, I love them. They, they are just a, an awesome read. And what I love about it so much as a parent and as a mom in particular, the thing we talk about on this show all the time is self-care and getting a little time back for ourselves. And it's so difficult in a day, but if we could get it in the morning, it's like, yes, we've won. Um, So real quick, tell us about this thing you're doing, the Breakthrough Festival. It sounds so interesting. We are so excited. It's kind of... um the Own Your Morning Ethos 2.0. It's a virtual session where a lot of the experts who show up in the Own Your Morning book will be leading workshops, they'll be leading um, workouts, breathing seminars, all sorts of things, all the good stuff that you see in the Own Your Morning book. And we're here to help you have aha moments to get inspired, to set goals, and to live a healthier, happier life this fall and beyond. This would be great if we need that little kick or we need that motivation to get up and get moving because all this sounds so exciting to get our mornings back. Liz, you are so awesome. I loved this conversation. It did not disappoint everyone where they can find you out there in the social universe. Yes, I had so much fun too. Um, My Instagram handle is at Liz Plosser. That's L-I-Z-P-L-O-S-S-E-R. You can tag Own Your Morning on Instagram and I'd love to share it with my audience and inspire others. Um, And you can find Women's Health at Women's Health Mag, both online and on social media. Let's hold ourselves accountable, everyone out there. Let's hashtag Own Our Morning together. I'm so excited. Thank you, Liz. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap for this episode of Mom to Mom. Thank you so much for joining us today. New episodes every Monday. And of course, you can watch us on TV on NBC 10 Boston on Mondays at 1130 a.m. And if you'd like to be a part of our Mom to Mom community, please, I invite you to visit our Facebook page. It's Mom to Mom with Maria Sansone. And I'd love to see you over there. All right, everyone, thanks so much for listening, and I hope you have a great morning.